Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Jakira Diaz. She was born in Puerto Rico and raised in Miami. She's the author of Ordinary Girls, a memoir, which is a summer-fall 2019 Indies Introduced selection, a fall 2019 Barnes & Noble Discover Great New Writers Notable selection, a November 2019 Indie Next pick, and a Library Reads October pick. Her work has been published in Rolling Stone, The Guardian, The Fader, T, the New York Times Style Magazine, and the Best American Essays 2016, among other publications. Welcome to the show, Jakira. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Jakira, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Oh my goodness. Um, I can't say that there are any ideal conditions, because for me that changes depending on where I am and what I'm writing. Um, Usually the only thing that I require is coffee and um, a pen when I'm working on first drafts, which is the Pilot G2. Um, I usually write in coffee shops when I'm working on a draft. Um, And so I need a lot of noise and music in the background and something happening for it to feel like there's movement happening. So, um, So for me, it definitely changes. I split my time between Montreal and Miami Beach. So in Miami Beach... I usually work at a coffee shop that's like two or three blocks from the beach. Um, And then after working for a couple hours, I go and I take a walk. And usually I walk on the beach or I walk on the boardwalk. Um, I guess movement, (laughs) if you will, is what I require. Why do you write? Mm. I, I know this is a little cliche, but it definitely feels like for me that writing was a thing I was meant to do. I've been a writer since I was a a little kid. I've always been writing. Even before I could think of writing as a career, I was writing. I was working on something, either a story or these very strange rewrites of uh, movies, what my nine-year-old self would think of as movies. It feels very much like it's something as necessary as breathing. What are your best writing tips I think the number one thing that I would suggest to other writers is to listen to themselves. After writing a paragraph or a page or a chapter or story, to take what they've written, read it out loud, 
record themselves reading it and listen to what it sounds like, listen to their own voice and to listen to how the words sound and how one sentence moves, how you move from one sentence to the next. I think there's something to be said about rhythm in a work and whether or not the work sounds like it's meant to be read aloud. For me, the the kind of writing that I'm doing, I'm constantly... um, in movement, like the work, the work has to feel like it's moving. And so I'm often, as I'm writing, reading sentences out loud and then recording myself reading them. And this is how I edit. It has to feel like it sounds right. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Oh, <laughs> to write letters. Um, this is how I've, I've always dealt with blocks. It's to write something else at something that feels like um, there's no pressure. So for me, I will sit down and write a letter to someone, even if I don't intend to send it. So if you're trying to overcome a block, write a letter, either telling someone a story or just getting things out that you meant to say that you haven't said yet, or things that you don't even intend to send. Um, just start writing letters, sit, sit at the desk or wherever it is that you write, sit at the coffee shop and write some letters. And that to me, has always worked. I know that you mentioned um, reading your work out loud is one of your editing tips. Do you have other editing and revising tips? One of the ways that I think of revision is as a re-envisioning, right? You try to see the work from another perspective. I will often either change tenses um, or point of view even if I don't intend to keep that, just to see something in a different way, to envision something in a different way, to, to look at a scene, um, how someone else would see it, and see if that changes my perspective of it. In my memoir, in Ordinary Girls, I wrote some of the scenes in a different point of view, either in the second person, or have shifted point of view to the future, to future tense, or what I sometimes call the future conditional. And that this allowed me to kind of talk about something that in my life has already happened, but in the lifetime of the book hasn't happened yet, but will happen. And stay like to stay in that point of view, like the present or the past tense, and still give readers a little bit of insight into something that will happen in the future, but that shaped the writing of the work, that shaped the way that the writer at the desk, the way that I see kind of see these events. I would suggest experimenting with point of view, experimenting with tenses, um, even if, if you don't keep those things in the final draft, just to give you a different perspective of what you're writing or what you're, the, work, the work you're currently working on. Can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, can, I can give you precise numbers. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's all rejection. Are you kidding? Um, so let's see. I In 2012, I had a fellowship to the Wisconsin Institute of Creative Writing. All I did for like that calendar year, for the most part, was write. I taught one class and I wrote maybe like eight hours a day, six to eight hours a day, almost every day. And I wrote, I want to say, maybe 18 short stories. And I sent them all out. <laughs> and two of them got accepted. Wow. And the rest, I just, I 
tossed. I, I don't even look at them anymore. I forgot what most of them were about. <laughs> but at, the year after that, I wrote probably 12 essays and sent every single one of them out. One of them got published. <laughs> Did you send each of those to just one place or multiple places? Oh, no, multiple places. I sent them. I used to, I used to keep a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was very on top of it. And I had this philosophy that I would feel like I was getting some progress, getting some work done. If I sent one submission a day, at least just one, it was it was just like a goal that I could actually meet. And I would send one thing out every day. And it was often I would rotate either the essay or the story or the venue. So I would send like one day I sent an essay to Granta. And then the next day I would send a story somewhere else. And the next day, so I had this spreadsheet to keep track of these things. And um, yeah, it was mostly rejection. So I would say if I had to give you numbers, maybe 99.9% rejection. I feel like it helps people so much to hear that. <laughs> it definitely helped me to think of, you know, the publishing industry and submissions as sort of a thing that doesn't just happen to you. Like you have to keep working, you have to keep trying. And it also helped me think about how I would always just assume rejection. I would assume that no matter what I sent, it was going to get rejected. And if something did get accepted, then it was a good day. Who are some other women writers we should be reading right now? Oh, my goodness. So many. Um, So one of them is definitely Angie Cruz, who wrote uh, the novel Dominicana. I don't know if you've read it, but I love that novel. I love that book so much. Um, it's about a young girl, 15-year-old girl in the Dominican Republic who um, has to marry a man much older than she is and um, comes to the United States. She comes to New York and is basically trying to make a life for herself before she realizes that she does not want this life. And so she spends much of the book trying to get out of this loveless marriage um, she starts off this the novel as a person who really has no power. And then by the end of the book, she she is like very much on her way to having her own life. Another writer whose book I recently love that you should all read is Carolina de Robertis, who wrote a novel called Cantoras, which is about this group of friends, all of these gay women in Uruguay, who are struggling um, at the time because it's right right around the time when the government structure changes and the government is really oppressing its people and it's it's against the law to be gay and to be out publicly and so these women who are all gay kind of take refuge in this place out on the beach called Cabo Polonio and they build this little shack, this hut where they can just have privacy, where they can be friends, where they can, you know, make a dinner after going to the beach, where they can have conversations, just have conversations about their struggles, about being a woman, about what it's like to be in love with another woman and not be able to be with her in public because it's so dangerous. Um, so this follows this novel follows all of these women's lives and they separate they um, one of them goes off to Buenos Aires following another woman Um, she has this love affair with a very famous woman and then comes back and so it follows the course of all their lives from beginning to end and by the end um, I'm not going to spoil it for you but by the end they're all they've all changed but they're all friends 
So those are two books that I'm very excited to talk about. Two different novels um, by two writers I love. They're both phenomenal writers. And where can listeners find you online? You can find information about my work on my website, which is jackiradias.com. Um, all one word. And I have links to essays and stories I've written. You can also find me on Twitter at Jakira Diaz or on Instagram at Jakira Diaz. Jakira, would you read some of your work for us now? Of course. So I'm going to read from Ordinary Girls. And this is from a chapter right in the middle of the memoir. And it's a chapter called Candy Girl, and it's uh, an excerpt in the middle of the chapter. Candy Girl. That's how it was with us, how it was supposed to be. We kept each other's secrets, wiped each other's tears, protected each other. We passed notes during class. We told each other everything, our fantasies and our crushes, the latest arguments with our parents the TLC concert we'd been saving up for, the guy who confessed his love while we rode the bus together on a Friday after school. We sat together in the cafeteria, found each other in the hallways. We harmonized to shies, if I ever fall in love, or en vogue's hold on, while we waited for the bell to ring. We went on missions together, cutting class and catching the bus to the mall, or the flea market, or the beach, singing Whitney on the back of the bus. We snuck out to salsa music festivals at Bayfront Park on the weekends, turning each other to Andy Montañez's Casi Tenvidio and Frankie Ruiz's Mi Libertad until the park closed. We went to birthday parties at Hot Wheels, where we strapped on rented roller skates and cruised around La Pista with the disco lights, shaking it to two life crew. We wore short shorts and crop tops, baggy jeans and basketball jerseys, big hoop earrings. And no matter what, everybody had opinions about how we dressed, called us tomboys or hood rats or fast girls. Our shorts were too short, our jeans too tight, too baggy, our voices too loud. Everybody wanted to control what we wore, what we did, who we did it with. We were not the girls they wanted us to be. We were not allowed to talk like this, to want like this. We're not supposed to feel the kind of desire you feel at 13, at 14. What kind of girl they love to say? What kind of girl? Even as they took what we gave, took what we tried to hold on to, our voices, our bodies. We were trying to live, but the world was doing its best to kill us. We would have boyfriends that didn't last the year, the month, the week. Older guys who didn't go to school, who drove Broncos and Camaros and Cutlass Supremes. We would hide them from our parents, our friends' parents. When we got tired of them, we would break it off. But sometimes they wouldn't go, and instead they'd show up at the pool or the movie theater or the roller skating rink uninvited, asking to talk to us just one last time. We were 13, 14, 15, and they were men in their 20s. And no matter how we said no, they would keep coming back until we had babies or abortions, and then they would leave. We were girls, but we'd spend the rest of our days together if we could, until one day we realized that without meaning to, we grew up, grew apart, broke each other's hearts.
Jakira, thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Jakira's writing prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Thank you. So this is really about how a person changes, either a character in fiction or a character in nonfiction in a memoir. And I'd like you to think about an event, a person, or a moment that changed everything. And then think back and tell me, who were you before this moment, before this event, before this person? And then after that, tell me, who were you right after this event, or this moment, or this person? And after you've done this, think about yourself now, or about the character now. What do you know now that you didn't know then? Or what does the character know now that they didn't know then? Next, I want you to think about the world as a whole, either the world of the character or your world, and think about what was happening in the world in that moment. And finally, I want you to think about the world and the character, either yourself or a fictional character, and how are those things connected? So the hardcover of Jakira Diaz's memoir, Ordinary Girls, has been out for a few months, but the paperback version was just released this week. I'd love to hear what you think when you read it. The biggest thing I learned from the interview with Jakira is the idea of revision as re-envisioning, and that we can play with tense, point of view, and ways of telling the same story. That seeing the story from another perspective can help us get more clear. This week, I received a super touching email that accompanied a monthly contribution from listener Marie in New York. Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with me. You are the reason I'm making this show. If the podcast is making a difference in your life too, please think about becoming a monthly supporter like Marie did. With a contribution of as little as $2, you can help ensure that I can keep making the show every week. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with Trina Green-Brown, author of Parenting for Liberation, A Guide for Raising Black Children. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.